Welcome to the Value Script Podcast, where every episode brings value to the everyday person. Today, we have a little more focus on our body and mind segment of our body, mind, soul, empire mission. And we have a very special guest, Dr. Brendan McCarthy. Dr. Brendan McCarthy has been a founder and chief medical officer of Protea Medical. He's an internationally recognized expert in hormone replacement therapy, a three-time Ironman and hiker, <laughs> and the author of this book, Jump Off the Mood Swing. Dr. McCarthy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Lonnie. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. It really is. It's I was a pleasure. looking forward to it. Yeah. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Um, uh, you uh, we've spoken a lot on the podcast about, um, well, I think we've probably spoken too much about my midlife crisis and, um, and, <laughs> <Nah>. and all, <laughs> no of the, all of the uh, caveats I brought into my life, you know, excessive drinking, um, the, the stress, you know, the relationship issues. And you're aware of most, you know, all of these things really because, um, and when I went to Dr. McCarthy, uh, funny, funny, I was able to trust him. I, Dr. McCarthy and I met socially before, <laughs> before yeah. we met, um, as, as when I was a patient of his and, um, it was, we were both in much different physical circumstances at that time. And I think really, um, you know, you were, you were dealing with something that I needed to deal with later. And, um, so when I came to you, I knew I could be honest with you. And it was the first time in my life walking into a, any kind of a doctor's office, you know, religious leader's office, whatever. <laughs> you know, I had, I had no like preconceived anxiety about the visit. I was like, I can go in there. I can be honest with Brendan and I can tell him everything. And because, and I think that was pivotal in the results that I'm getting because I didn't hold anything back. I didn't hide anything from you. And you, not, not that you couldn't tell anyway, you got my blood work and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I remember you walked in one day, you're like looking at me, you looked at my wife, and you're like, you guys, I don't, I don't get you as a couple. Like, you know, you, you know, you, you, or you look like, you know, you're more of an alpha and manly man, and she's more of a feminine girly girl, and none of your blood work supports the way you guys look. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my testosterone had plummeted; it was horrible. And we have two years. We had, you know, I came in 2018, didn't f didn't fall through with anything, but we had the blood work to compare that to to when I came in in 2020, and um, and I was still like I'd actually gotten worse and unhealthier in uh, 2020. You know, I had blood pressure. Yeah, I was. I remember that. Thirty, almost thirty-five percent body fat. I remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. you looked at me like you know. After we made some changes, you were like you were dying. Yeah, slowly, and um, you you helped me get on track. So, so once we started the podcast, I was like, we definitely have to have you guys on. So once again, thanks for being here. Thank you. But one thing that really touched Meredith and I too is we were looking at markers of our stress hormones in our blood. Right. And, um, you know, you could look through our blood and be like, man, Lonnie. Um, and you were like, you're so stressed out. And you looked me in the eye. And then the first time we met with him, actually, you separated us in consults. You wanted us to be able to speak freely without having the pressure of husband and wife in front of each other. Like, what's going on? Like, you genuinely cared. And I felt that, that you genuinely cared what was going on. And you not only like, not because you wanted to be nosy, but because you wanted to know how to help us best. And that we, the first time in my life, I was able to walk out of the doctor's office feeling empowered that I could take control of my health. I wasn't going to be a victim of these, of my body 
the rest of my life. Like I, I've dealt with allergy and asthma and I was always the sweat, you know, the, the fat asthmatic kid with bad skin growing up. And, um, so I, I just kind of feel like that's just kind of my lot in life. And for the first time I felt empowered, like I can take control of my body and take control of my life and have an advocate. I actually have a doctor I can trust who, who's, who understands and who can help me. And if he can't do it, he knows who to send me to to get those results. So that was, that was phenomenal. Um, how, what, what do you find, you know, I, I what do you find is, is one of the more common things that you come across and, and um, deal with in your clinical practice? People like you. Right. <laughs> what, is, what, what does that mean, though? It's, well, first I would say it's, it's, hum, it's, humbling, it's humbling to be a person in a room with someone who's willing to share everything. It just is. And, and not everyone, I don't think it's a, it's a calling to be a physician. It's like it's a calling to be a teacher or a police officer. There's a calling to be these, these positions. And when it's your calling, you could do great, great work, I believe. And some people just do it for different reasons. but Financial, quite often, right? Yeah, and it's a prestige and ego and those things. Right. But, you know, what I, why, why I have that relationship with you and, and why I work hard at that relationship with my patients, because it it's, it's constant, you know, um, making sure that I'm present and, I, and I'm humble in that room because it is humbling when someone shares with you at that depth and and what i feel like what it draws from me is my best self like when someone comes in and says i'm i'm this is me this is it and they just there it is there's no filter this is all of me this is what i'm going through i can see on the lab work you're right but 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 when someone opens up and just talks and they're willing to share and they're willing to show me these things they're so they're so vulnerable about it, it can't help but draw out i want it always to it doesn't always i think in medical settings but it calls out the best part yes. of you and it should and 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 that's why when you have someone who's willing to be that vulnerable with you you really need to put everything you have into that patient all the capacity you have you can't just phone it in and a lot of times medicine is you got yeah you're an attractive action you know here's your script and you're out the door but you want to be better than that you know you want to be better than that so the patients that I see that I've built around me over the years are, you know, just people who are just the wear and tear of life is kind of tearing on them, breaking them down. You know, there's certain things I, I really enjoy treating. That book is written, it's like a love letter to women, to just how much working with them has given me um, meaning to my life. Uh, so, many, so many times our our brain chemistry is informed by our endocrine system and our, and our moods are informed by uh, where our hormones are. We were speaking earlier about having anxiety. It even happens in men. You know, so, so, you know, a lot of the patients that I see have irregularities with their endocrine system. You know, their hormones are completely off. We use lab work to verify. This is not speculation. This is lab verifies right. and, and there's no, no um, arguing it. And, and the research supports that. And, and so we have that. Then we have the other part of, you know, which I know you talk about a lot, and you and I have talked about a lot too, just privately and in, and in practice, the profound amount of stress that we live under and, and the impact that has also on our health. And that those combined, those are, those are fertile fields to practice medicine. Yeah, you know, I really appreciated that when you walked in here too, the first real consultation we had, you were talking to me. We had, it, was, it was, took at least an hour or two hours, I think it was two. We were in there for two hours, I think, with me. And, um, and I just, I, one, I appreciated that you were willing to spend the time because in the modern practice of medicine with 
you know, medical reimbursements the way they are. Be people, if you're not seeing 40 patients a day, you're not paying your bills. Yeah. And it's hard to really, I think, get a full picture of what your patients need and really need. You know, they're, they're, they've adapted the practice model to the reimbursement model, it seems. Um, and I don't think that was really intended that way. But um, you, know, you have good people that are, that are doctors that, that do practice this way. But for me, I appreciated the personal touch and the fact that I knew I had an advocate here. And I could, and I knew I had, I knew I had issues um, that I needed to address. Like I didn't want to become diabetic, you know, and I didn't want to be an alcoholic and I didn't want to lose my wife and I didn't want to, you know, destroy, you know, implode my life. But I knew I was headed towards all four of those things. And you on every level were like, Hey, <clears throat> look at these liver enzymes. You know, what, what are your goals with this? Like, like remember, you had a frame conversation. Remember, remember those numbers? <laughs> yeah. I remember. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, Call I, it for what it is. You know, your numbers are amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. No, they, were, they were bad. You're like, dude, you're headed yeah. for, you know, they were so bad in one lab. At the end of last year, the lab was so bad that you called me the second week of January to see how I was doing. I don't know if you remember that. I was out. I was actually exercising when you called me. But you called just to check in and say, how are you doing? it? And I was like, good. And he goes, no, really, how are you doing? And I was like, no, look, I haven't drank in two weeks. And you're like, how'd you quit? I was like, I just quit. Like, I just cold turkey that. And you were like, then you cheered me on. Like, that's amazing. That's so great. And then, and I was like, you know, I, I started, that was when we started 75 hard. Um, but my liver enzymes were so bad. You're like, look, in a year and my C-reactive protein and other markers of inflammation were so high. You're like, you're headed for a stroke or a heart attack within a year. Is that what you want? I mean, you were like, is that straight up? Is that what you want? Cause this is, cause you're on the track for it. If you don't want that, we need to make some changes. What changes do you want to make? How do you want to make them? And I was like, and we talked about going on different medications and things. And I said, I think I can do it on my own. But if I can't, I'll call you, you know, and you were like, please do. But I would say it meant so much to me that that personal touch of you calling me and be like, okay, what's up? How are you doing? And that helped encourage me. And then too, I thought it was funny last couple of weeks ago when we were in for Meredith's review, um, you mentioned about me on vacation. And uh, you were gone for a little too long, you said. Yeah, 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks, two work weeks. Yeah. 10 working days I was away. <laughs> yeah. And, and you said, you know, I felt like I started to lose my purpose. Yeah. And that just made me think, your purpose is your work and helping your patients and, and the way you care for them. And, and and I just thought that was amazing. That like Most people would love, like, hey, I just got like two weeks vacation. It was awesome. I didn't have to go work. It was amazing. And you, you're like, I started to feel like I was losing my purpose. I started actually getting depressed. Like that's how much you care about what you do. I, I just, I don't know. It's one of the reasons I think you get the results you do, but I, I think I use, I use an analogy because other people think that sounds like a workaholic. And I know it could, sure. but I, I don't bring work home. I rarely, if ever, ever bring work home. I, I work, I see patients three days a week, one day a week. I do admin, maybe another day I'll do admin work at the office. I'm home on the weekends. You know, I don't bring homework. So it's, I'm not a workaholic, but I think it was like a musician. I thought this was a good analogy. Like if you're a piano player and you love playing the piano and then someone told you you're not allowed to play the piano for the next two weeks, after a <laughs> while you get a little like, I miss the piano. I miss, piano. I miss yeah. what I do. I right. miss, that brings me joy and happiness. When you so can like that. You can create an impact, yeah. right? Yeah. It's beautiful. Another thing I love too is, is you were like, Lonnie, when you were looking at my numbers the first time, you're like, this is uh, what this means. Right. And like, if you keep this up, this is what you can look forward to. Like, I'm not guessing. Like, I know. Like, we can prove that this is the track you're on. And you were like, look, I will never make an emotional plea for you to do anything with your life. To, to eat, eat a certain way or not to eat a certain way. To live a certain way or not to live a certain way. You, you, you said, but I will 
use science and I will prove it with your own blood. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, that is putting your money where your mouth is as a physician. Like, I will prove to you the results you get by your own blood. And, yeah. and we'll use science, we'll proven science methods to get there. And you even said, you were even so bold to say, and I guarantee your result. That's <laughs> true. Once you get rid of the cause of the problem, you, you, your body reflects it. And I mean, you're, you're living, both of you are living proof. Yeah. You know, it's an easy guarantee to make because your body, once you remove those obstacles to being well, your body and yours is a you're perfect example. You, I think it was really touching. I don't think I'd seen you since last year because for whatever reason, I think I was, I was we sick. I was sick at the, yeah. Yeah, at, the, at the last blood review and then I hadn't seen you in six months or so. And so then um, when you saw me, this look on your face. It made me I know. Feel, you look different. <laughs> <laughs> A couple uh, times I stopped uh, like, look. Yeah. That's the reward of the job. You know, like, uh, you want to talk about like the reason why people get into this field. There's the people who are just monetizing being a doctor because there's money in the field. There is, you know. Um, I love the before and after. Yeah. I love, love the before and after. It's the most rewarding thing you'll have with a patient, in my opinion. Well, and you got us on a little challenge now. Meredith's body fat's below mine now. So I was like, I'm coming for you, babe. It's on. <laughs> I'm coming for you, babe. It's good to have a challenge. It's good to have a challenge. Right? Like that, because I was like, that shouldn't necessarily be the case. But I was, it's amazing for her where she is. You know, she's an amazing level. Yeah. I need to get to an amazing level now. And, but I mean, it made a tremendous difference already. And I feel phenomenally better. Man, I'm stronger. I yeah. just feel better. I have more energy. I'm not depressed. Like, yeah. It's, um, it's obvious. We made some big life changes, and you were a huge part of that. So, you know, again, I, I just am very grateful. One of the reasons we had to have you here. All right, so let's jump into this real quick. So we, on the last episode, our wives, phenomenal episode, if you guys haven't seen I it. I know. Phenomenal. God, sorry, just, <laughs> my, phenomenal episode. My wife's awesome. I love my wife. Yeah. Your wife's amazing, too. I guess yeah. that, but I, I've never yeah. seen Celeste talk like that for that. It was really, yeah, that was, it was really. That was incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. But they brought up the topic of. Drum roll. All right. Cheat meals. Amazing. Cheat meals. <laughs> Let's hit this early. So <laughs> we had two different opinions. So two different opinions. So uh, my, my thought on cheat meals is I, I appreciated how Celeste was like, if you're going to have a cheat meal, you should preface it if you are going to, right? At least enjoy that time. Don't, don't beat yourself up and punish yourself the whole time, right? But I think what I've always been told about cheat meals, I had a professional bodybuilding coach I hired a few years ago. I know nobody's going to, everybody's going to kind of laugh at that. But I, when I, 2013 to 15, I got in really decent shape and I was, I had him, he was coaching me online. And um, one of his things was like, you know, Lonnie, you can eat 3000 calories a day, you know, uh, per meal, like per cheat meal. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a cheat meal and you go all out the way you want to go all out, it can be three to 4,000 calories. And that can throw off your entire calorie balance for the week. And you that's why, you know, you can be great for 20 meals of the week. But on the 21st meal, you blow it. Guess what? You didn't lose any weight that week. Yeah. And your body composition didn't change. And that was all for having one cheat meal. Yeah. And uh, But if you have like, so that's a cheat. That's a cheat meal. That's like, that's a cheat, you know, feast, yeah. right? Yeah. But like if you have a cheat snack... Might be a little different story every once in a while. But if you have a cheat snack all the time, that's going to add up, right? The, you know, the little, my little spoon of peanut butter every time I walk by the pantry. And that's, peanut butter is pretty calorie dense and that can end up sabotaging your diet. So what are your thoughts on, on cheat meals? It's really nuanced. That's, that's the, the thing of it is that depends on what they're doing with that cheat meal. So, you know, one of the, one of the things Celeste brought up was you're at a wedding and, and you know, you, there are cupcakes there at the wedding. 
you want to be socially appropriate, have a cupcake. You're at someone's house, they made dinner, you want to be socially appropriate, eat the meal with them. Yeah, like we had Even some phenomenal not, tacos last night. Yeah. All out beans, well, rice. You don't want to, you phenomenal. don't want to, yeah, so you're going to be in those situations. This is what's culturally appropriate. You know, this is what you do in those settings. With that said, most people, when they think of cheat meal, you know, they're having a, an issue with food. A lot, many of us have issues. Depends on what the cause of the cheat meal is. So if you have to be restraining yourself from like say carbs say milkshakes let's go back to last week's last podcast <laughs> you say you're like a milkshake alcoholic and you want to eat milkshakes and i'm telling yes. you you can't do it your your blood sugar is too high your insulin is through the roof this is not a good thing for you triglycerides high. We, we gotta stop it we gotta stop mm. it depression yeah well the thing about that milk is that it has you know a couple of things in there that that are mm -hmm. fine but some of us not so fine yeah you know yeah and and so so if you're sensitive to it you know lactose is one um um there's different proteins in there casein being one of them uh that are not always good so some of them so the reason why it's a comfort food let's go back to that the mm -hmm. reason why dairy is a comfort food and gluten wheat is to bread is because they're exomorphs that's that's the technical term you google that but it's basically a food that has an opiate like effect in your brain really? so when you, yep, when you consume it there's gonna be a little bit of a discharge of dopamine in the brain so it's not like a, a reward in the that, brain that's a comfort to you anytime you get the dopamine it's like Yay, that's good. That's how I comfort myself. So say that's yours. Yours mm -hmm. is milkshakes, right? Dairy. Absolutely. That's your delivery system. You got sugar in there. You got plenty of casein in there. Mm -hmm. And it's delicious. I'm not going to lie. Milkshakes are delicious. So you're using that to stabilize your brain chemistry. And I'm telling you, it's killing you over here. You're getting diabetes. You're having these things. And, 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 and it's not good. Or yeah. not killing you. But it's, you know, yeah. it's you're yeah. not going the right direction. Here. Yeah. So, so I want it out. So you're like, well, can I have a cheat meal once a week? It's like you're attracted to it to balance brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing it once a week, it's a slippery slope. How many people do you know say, I'm only going to have that thing once a week. And next time you talk to them, they're back on track eating it every day. Yeah. In practice, I, I never see it work. So when it comes to cheat meals, when you're in a social setting, you want to eat something to be appropriate in those settings, fine. But, but if we're doing something based upon your health and I want you healthier, there's no reason to. It's like having a cheat cigarette. I mean, what's the benefit of a cigarette? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so it seems yeah. like my brain is looking for more of that reward that I've been programming it. Yeah, you're managing brain chemistry with food, which is a common, so many books written about it. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not even arguable anymore. When yeah. I first started practicing medicine, when I was first in med school, it was always these people saying, it doesn't do anything, food has no, and you know, the research is overwhelming. It's not even worth arguing with it. Yeah. So, yeah, food does affect the brain. Yeah. How do you... Well, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, because uh, I believe the gut has more transmitters. Serotonin. Than, yeah, to the brain. Yeah, tons of serotonin in there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So gut health, which I need to get on track. Oh. Hey, so <laughs> you want to talk about gut health But you're at quick? the right age. I'm just jumping in. You're, you're 30? 33. Yeah, you're 33. You're great. I'm, I'm 53, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I have an AARP card. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm at. He was bragging about that off camera. He's like, check this out, bro. I got my card. I roll in for my movie theater discounts. Yes, yes. But, um, but, but you know, there were times in my life in your age, I wasn't healthy even at all. Like mm -hmm. bad. I look at photos back. It was bad. You're at a good place doing it now. You have mm -hmm. so much time ahead of you to fix this. And it's like changing the course of a river. You can't make a right turn with a river, really. There's consequences. Yeah. But if you could take your health now and just start doing this, 
you have such a better a slight time. curve mm-hmm. yeah, gotcha. gentle and then you know over time you're back to that where you're supposed to be gotcha yeah. okay all right it's a great spot we've covered a lot of wonderful topics and there is still so much i want more i want to ask you so much more i want to have you um share your knowledge with with our audience and so we'll bring you back for another episode but for now we invite you to do the clickety click like share subscribe we'll see you again next time for part two dr brennan mccarthy Thank you.